Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We reject rioting. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Without further ado, a quick recap of yesterday's show because it's so relevant to today. It's not even funny. We had our guest on Mr. Stuart Rhodes, founder and president of Oath Keepers, Guardians of the Republic, ladies and gentlemen, honor your oath of office and join us. Oathkeepers.org. They've been trying to take down Stuart and crew for quite some time. The rhetoric relating to the Oath Keepers is out of control and off the charts. Um, they say, uh, Brian uh, Sicknick, or Sicknick, I guess is how you say his name, that they say that he died from being beat up by, uh, you know, insurrectionists at the Capitol. It's an absolute lie. Not only do the media, the mainstream press tell that lie and get caught, but the House of Representatives literally used that lie in the impeachment trial in the house on the sitting president of the united states it turned out to be a big old lie he died he died of strokes and natural causes dc coroner says an autopsy found no evidence that he had any reaction to chemicals and or internal or external injuries zero there you have it that's the coroner marjorie taylor green proposes Expelling Maxine Waters from Congress. Of course, Democrats blocked it. It'll get nowhere. The Republicans have no cojones. That's the bottom line. What a shame on the Republicans to allow Nancy Pelosi to literally incite violence, and they don't seem to care. The Trump-hate coalition is crumbling, though. The insurrection probe is falling apart against the Oath Keepers. Um, You know what? The... Feds are disgraced, Oath Keepers vindicated, as we see more and more and more of the truth come out. Donate to Oath Keepers. We need your most generous donations. Every penny will be used to defend the supreme law of the land and the Constitution. Oathkeepers.org slash donate. Now, believe it or not, Oath Keepers got taken down. So you got to send them a donation now via the mail because they can't take credit cards, right? They shut down the Oath Keepers website entirely, but Oath Keepers got back up and running, thank heavens, but... How do you charge credit cards, you know? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah, I see. Members of the squad, that's, you know, Ocasio-Cortez and all the whacked-out extreme communist socialists, you know, they have been pushing to defund the police, but it turns out they have spent thousands of dollars on security for themselves, according to Federal Election Commission records. So while they want to defund the police for the rest of us, they've got plenty of cash thanks to your tax dollars and who knows what else? Uh, they basically have their own police and, and protection. So they want to disarm us while they have armed guards around themselves is the point. Maxine Waters even went and, you know, stirred the pot in Minnesota. Serious rhetoric. 
communist, uh, whatever you want to call it, playbook headlines from Maxine Waters. But when she went, I don't know if you know this, but Maxine Waters requested a police escort for her recent trip to Minneapolis when she told protesters to get more confrontational against law enforcement officers. Facebook and Twitter, by the way, are not censoring the video of Representative Maxine Waters urging violence. Protesters have got to get more active. We need to show we mean business if Chauvin is not convicted. Literally uh, tampering with a jury trial. No accountability. Zero accountability, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe this? Minneapolis mayor whacked out Jacob um, Frey, I guess is his name. He got caught in the fray because he said regardless of the decision made by the jury, George Floyd was killed at the hands of the cops. What do you mean regardless of the jury? You don't believe in the rule of law, my friend? Now you say, well, what do you say, Sam, now that the law is reversed? We'll get into it. Hang tight. That was our one Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Second hour, we talked about how Speaker Nancy Pelosi defended whacked out communist inciting violence, Maxine Waters. And she defended her. She said, hey, to get more confrontational, Waters' comments did not amount to inciting violence at all. And she should not apologize for her rhetoric. So I kind of dovetailed this into, you know, cancel country star Morgan Wallace or Morgan Wallen breaks his silence. He's all feeling bad because he said the N-word, which I'm not defending the N-word. What I'm telling you is, so Morgan Wallace loses his whole career, completely melts down, grovels and apologizes and because he said the N-word in a drunken party. He shouldn't have said it. I get it. But that guy melts down and Maxine Waters can incite violence and the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, defends her and says no harm, no foul. Don't even think about apologizing. Ladies and gentlemen, somehow... The cucking conservatives, <laughs> I don't even know how to defend these people anymore. They're out of control. Look, folks, you should not apologize for standing your ground. Okay, now, if you say the N-word, you should say I'm sorry. You should say it was, it was ill judgment, right? Because um, it's not a very kind thing to say. But should you melt down and fall on your sword? Absolutely not. When you apologize, you know what? You give them an inch in, in doing what's right, they'll just take a mile in abuse. The question we asked at the end is, can Morgan Wallace, the country singer, ever, ever, ever have redemption? And the answer is, I say unto you, nay. Sad but true. Apologizing is a fool's game, folks, in this regard, because you get nowhere. All right, we talked about the CDC, about 5,800 people, individuals who took the cocoa vaccine, tested positive for the cocoa. Yeah, what do you think of that? After receiving a complete dose of the vaccine, they still tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, they would say that's a small drop in the bucket. My response is, not if you ask those 5,800 people. How many people died, I would ask. I would also ask the next question, how many people got infected from those 5,800 people? I would also ask the question, does the vaccine work when you've got to take some of the vaccines off the market uh, because of the problems and then other people are getting the COVID even with the vaccines? Does it even work? Is it safe? Is it effective? And the answer is we don't even know. But they lie and tell you that I have no credibility. Wow. A new study found, by the way, they say, that cerebral venous thrombosis, CVT, that's the uh, blood clots are far more likely to occur after someone attracts COVID-19, way more so than if you take the vaccine. 
So don't worry, the vaccines are safe and effective is what they're trying to tell you. But it's a lie study. Let me explain what I mean. I don't care if you get more blood clots from the vaccine or from the coronavirus. Okay? Uh, And the reason that I don't care is because, remember, 98% of the people who have the coronavirus uh, don't even even come close to death. It's like less than 1% die, folks. And 85% plus of the people don't even go to the hospital. A significant number of the people aren't even sick. So let's say I get a little blood clot, but I don't get sick. I don't go to the hospital. Eventually, I get over it, and my blood thins out, and I'm all good. Compare that to taking the Cocovax and getting blood clots that kill you or cause significant harm. What I'm saying is to compare the two isn't a fair comparison. How many people have taken the vaccines? How many people have reported blood clots versus those who haven't? How many people? We don't have enough data to even analyze this in an honest way. I digress. Anyway, this vaccine stuff is starting to drive me nutso. It's so dishonest, so immoral, so criminal. Because of the dishonesty and the lack of transparency, it's not even funny. Senator Joni Ernst will introduce legislation aimed at defunding Planned Parenthood, the Protect Funding for Women's Health Care Act, would prohibit taxpayer dollars from going to abortions. Yeah, President Trump stripped Title X funding if they promote abortions or whatever else. That was good on Trump. And I appreciate Joni for trying to defund abortions, but you know what? I don't want to redirect the money to other women's government programs. Why don't we just quit spending the money, Joni? Redirect it, protect women, protect funding. Have you lost your mind? We're spending ourselves into oblivion, so I get that you want to stop abortions, and good on you. But don't use it for another socialist purpose. Please stop. All right, we talked about pregnancies, making profits from C-sections, Financial motives create a population of women who get C-sections but seriously don't need them, a new study shows. Yeah, in some places it's like 5% get C-sections, and in other places, based on financial rewards, it's over 30%. This just proves the profit motive of the criminals in charge of our health care system, whether it's abortions, whether it's um, you know, C-sections w- when they're not necessary, whether it's vaccinations when they're not necessary, they're all in it for the cash. They're all in it to control you and me. Trust them? I think not. All right, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department spent the last three months, listen, sending uniformed officers to private homes to hold down special needs adults and children who were crying and physically fighting against a forced government-mandated injection for the COVID. The Sheriff's Department finally admitted they were using the Johnson & Johnson shot that's been pulled off the market in these forced vaccination scenarios. Yeah, so the uh, Johnson & Johnson was paused, right? For causing abilities and blood clots and everything else. Well, that's the one the Los Angeles County was forcing on people using the government law enforcement to hold people down and give them the shots in Los Angeles County. Run from California like all H-E double toothpicks. I'm telling you right now. And that's a recap. News the networks refuse to use starts on Liberty Roundtable Live in mere seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The government in Los Angeles County holding down people and forcing them to take the jab, the cocoa vaccine. I got a real, real problem with that. I digress. News the networks refuse to use starts now. Jury pronounces former Minneapolis peace officer... They say peace officer, I think, uh, cop. Derek Chauvin, on all counts, after roughly 10 hours of deliberation, the jury of five men and seven women unanimously pronounced Chauvin guilty on all three counts. Let's see, third-degree murder, second-degree murder, and manslaughter. Following the proceedings, Chauvin was immediately taken into police custody he now awaits sentencing, and I guess they say it could be 40 years, 25 years, and 10 years on each count in prison, respectively. The actual sentencing, however, they say, will be likely much lower because Chauvin has no prior convictions. The sentencing guidelines have, I think, what, 12 years for each count plus four years for a manslaughter charge. So what's that, 12, 24, and 4, 28? However... Listen carefully. The prosecution is is expected to ask for prosecution enhancements. So uh, I don't really know how to respond to all this except for the judge revokes Derek Chauvin's bail and sets sentencing hearing for eight weeks away. Time will tell where all that goes. We're going to get into our thoughts on this, the reactions from the extreme whacked out communist socialist left and a whole lot more as we introduce 
James Edwards, race, politics, and hypocrisy in 21st century America, thepoliticalcesspool.org. He's an author. He's a talk show host syndicated right here on Liberty News Radio. Uh, and he uh, is an award-winning talk show host. His website, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Dot O-R-G. James, welcome back, my friend. Sam, it's great to be back. I wish it were under better circumstances. Uh, and we hadn't witnessed uh, what I consider to be a travesty of American jurisprudence yesterday. You and I were actually on the phone together just minutes before the judge uh, came out and read the verdict of the jury. And I had the opportunity to go on to another program uh, for two hours, uh, about 15 minutes after the verdict was read, and we went for two solid hours breaking down the ins and the outs and the ramifications of this ruling. And I think that it's hard to argue that mob justice did not prevail yesterday. The cowardice of the judge and the jury was staggering. I think you had a clear case for a mistrial. Of course the jury should have been sequestered, really during the whole the whole proceedings, which was not that long. Uh, the, the entire uh, trial from beginning to end was less than a month. The O.J. Simpson jury was sequestered for far less reason for a much longer time than that. And with all of the societal pressure and the media uh, beating the drumbeats of hate to... Uh, to try and get uh, this officer, Derek Chauvin, offered up as a human sacrifice to the false gods of Black Lives Matter. This jury should have been sequestered. Maxine Waters going in there. You want to talk about incitement. We can get back th- uh, to that in a moment. But uh, that that's what happened yesterday. And you and I were talking, Sam, and uh, I agreed with you. I thought that uh, the reason there were so many redundant charges was because the prosecution knew that their case was so weak they were hoping because of all the pressure coming in from the outside that the jury would settle for one of the lesser charges i was surprised that they found him guilty on all charges that was entirely overboard and uh... however i I read now i have heard different things about this i have read though that uh, under minnesota law he can only be sentenced for the most serious of charges. But I've also heard even on Fox News where you'll add up the years for each of the charges and he'll be in jail for the rest of his life or in prison for the rest of his life. I guess we'll have to see where that goes. But Now let me throw uh, this out to you too, though. <clears throat> Normally the law might count here. And I think it's worth trying to dissect what the law really means in this case, James. However, I almost think that we throw the law out the window. And let me tell you why. Not that I'm for doing this. But that's what they've done in this case right now, because you've got to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt is the phrase you and I have grown up with that Chauvin would be guilty of. What is it? Second degree, third degree and manslaughter. I don't know how you're guilty of all those charges. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, But uh, you got to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I don't think you can prove his intent beyond the shadow of a doubt uh, at all on this case. And so, you know, if we're going to jettison that standard, innocent until proven guilty, they haven't proven him guilty. Okay? No, they they, they did. Wait a minute, Sam. You don't don't know all the evidence that the jury got. I know. But I do know the instructions that the jury got. I do know the witness tampering and the manipulation that took place outside of the courtroom by literally sitting congresswomen uh, and the Speaker of the House backing that agenda. 
I do know what I saw when the mayor literally says, hey, the cops killed him. I don't care what the jury says. I hear the jettisoning of the rule of law everywhere in America uh, on the liberal extreme side of this thing. And so it isn't until proven guilty. uh, You know what? The court of public opinion took over, baby. The media ran with this sucker. And this idea that proven beyond the shadow of a doubt is certainly tossed out the window. And I'll prove some of these points to you here as we go along. We'll get into more details on this, but I want to highlight some of the reactions from people. Let me give you the example. This is just absolute extreme belligerence. Nancy Pelosi, we're talking about Speaker of the House of Representatives, ignites firestorm by thanking George Floyd for sacrificing his life. Now, I don't get how a drug-infused, whacked-out criminal who uh, literally is committing forgery I don't see how they sacrificed their life begging not to die. If he sacrificed his life willingly, then he wanted to die. Maybe it was suicide by cop, Nancy. Is that what you're telling me? That he committed suicide by cop? In other words, he intentionally baited the cop into doing this, and therefore he sacrificed his life on the altar of the political correctness, leftist, Black Lives Matter, whacked-out agenda that we hate cops and we hate America? I don't know, but you got to think about that with the statements being made. Okay, here's the next statement. Protesters now take the streets following guilty verdict in Chauvin trial. Take to the streets? Who does that? Third world nations? Michael Moore, whacked out Michael Moore and Hollywood celebrities celebrate verdict. Celebrate the verdict? I wouldn't celebrate the verdict no matter who it was. We're talking about a dead person. We're talking about a dead person. We're talking about a person now behind bars for who knows how long. We're talking about our justice system literally being uh, divided asunder at the very seams in the court of public opinion. Okay? Hollywood celebrating. I don't celebrate people going to prison, and I don't celebrate people dying. Folks, I don't care who they are. Now, listen carefully. More calls for the end of policing as we know it after the Chauvin murder conviction. Now, let's go on. AOC and other far-left, whacked-out extremists, lawmakers, if you will, on Chauvin, convicted on all counts, they still say it's not even justice. The system is not working. Yeah, Reverend Al Sharpton chimes in, reacts to the verdict and says, the war and the fight is not over. All right, now, I look at all that and I say, wait a minute, not justice, war is not over. End policing as we know it. Take to the streets. Thanking George Chauvin. Or I'm sorry. Thanking George Floyd for sacrificing his life. They are now setting the next stage in their narrative. Write it down and remember who warned you first, ladies and gentlemen. All right. They are setting the stage to say, hey, there's not justice here. Here's why. There was a bunch of cops standing around that did nothing to stop whacked out extreme murder Chauvin. And therefore, they need to be charged and guilty and as well. And we'll never have justice until that's done. What they're really saying to you is the communist agenda, which wants to divide and conquer and destroy everything good, moral, and honest, will never be satisfied with the... They smell blood now. And so now it's time to ratchet up the next stage of rage, is what I'm calling it. Again, they smell blood in the water. Chauvin, you pig, you got yours. And now we're going to take to the streets and advocate. We're going to use celebrities and street thugs combined with big corporate money to create the next stage of rage 
and it's just beginning, backed by your members of Congress. Thank you for electing us. Okay, these people are whacked out crazy as loons, and they are just getting started. And we'll come back after our little break and have James Edwards just rock and roll on the stage I've set for this. I've touched on about 50 points. That way he can get incensed enough to really take it on, right? He'll get all excited and tear it up. We'll do it in seconds. I'm Sam Bushman. James Edwards with me. ThePoliticalSessPool.org is his website. And he talks about race, politics, and hypocrisy. we got them all on your radio today, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty Tuesday on all counts of killing George Floyd. Sentencing will be in eight weeks. Judge Peter Cahill revokes Chauvin's bail after the verdict, and now he'll have to await sentencing in jail. China's President Xi Jinping will attend President Biden's virtual climate summit this week. China and the United States are seeking rare common ground despite wider political tensions. Biden had invited 40 world leaders, including Xi and Russia's Vladimir Putin, to the meeting that starts Earth Day Thursday. The popular messaging app Discord has reportedly stopped discussions to sell to potential buyers as it continues to consider an initial public offering, or IPO. Sources close to the matter say the talks with tech giant Microsoft had ended without a deal being reached. In March, it was reported that Microsoft was in talks to purchase Discord. The messaging app has more than 100 million monthly users. This is USA Radio News. Police officer down. It's shocking. The number of cops killed in the line of duty jumped almost 100% last year. Defunding police, stripping them of legal protections, woke culture. It's a dangerous time. But Greg Kelly is fighting back. All this week, Greg's on Newsmax TV with his special series, Cops Under Fire. Greg Kelly exposes the real threat to the police and you. Newsmax TV is standing up for our brave men and women. Watch Cops Under Fire on Greg Kelly tonight. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable company. Get Newsmax TV free on most smart TVs, Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube Live. Millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax TV app on their smartphones. Already the fourth highest rated cable news channel in America. Newsmax is real news for real people. You may not know his name, but it's almost a guarantee you know his talented work. Dan Araki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. Iconic songwriter and composer Jim Steinman has died. Steinman is best known for his work on Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell record, writing most of the music on the 1977 album that has sold more than 14 million copies. He also wrote the hit songs Total Eclipse of the Heart for Bonnie Tyler, Air Supplies Making Love Out of Nothing at All, and the power ballad It's All Coming Back to Me Now. And if you the best-known version recorded by Celine Dion. Steinman was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012. He was 73. As the pandemic is winding down, Netflix is taking a hit, losing about 11% of its value overnight. The company said a lack of new shows may have contributed to the shortfall, adding that it expected to recover as sequel shows are released. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wyatt...
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Sorry for the little technical glitch. We're getting things back together. Just imagine that happens right in the middle of the fired-up Chopin or Chauvin coverage. I kind of think it's like Chopin, you know? It's like a big old political theater thing. It's like an entertainment thing. Uh, but it's uh, Mr. Chauvin. Uh, anyway, the sad part about this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, is I believe the communists are, are letting a good crisis never to go to waste. Okay, they know full well how politically uh, divisive or divisive this thing really is. They know it. And as a result, they're going crazy, as far as I can tell, <laughs> to make sure that they take every single advantage they can get. They want to get every drop of syrup out of this they can get. And that's the problem. All right, do we got James back. You with me, James? I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, I can, sir. So let the age of rage launch to the next stage. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. You set the stage so wonderfully, Sam. You really hit on a lot of the high points. Well, there's no high points, but you hit on some of the most important points uh, in the first two segments of commentary. This has uh, been a very powerful introduction to what happened yesterday where to begin? I think one thing I want to touch on is this was something that really rubbed me the wrong way. And you just mentioned it. Uh, first of all, I'd say that we don't know what kind of man Derek Chauvin was. Uh, all we know about Derek Chauvin is uh, what we know about him through the biased lens of the media as it relates to his encounter with George Floyd about a year ago. We don't know if he agreed with us on politics. We don't know if he disagreed with us. We don't know if he was a good guy, a bad guy, um, a jerk or a saint. We know nothing about him except his relationship with George Floyd. And that's okay because, again, justice should be blind. But that being said, I couldn't help uh, but feel a little crestfallen when I heard this verdict being handed down. I thought it was entirely over the top. And then, though, to see what you mentioned, and that was the outright celebration, as if, and Fox News actually even put it in these exact terms, when the mob out, who had gathered outside of the courthouse, undoubtedly to raise the city if they didn't get their way in this judgment, he said when they learned of the verdict, it was as if as though their favorite sports team had just won the championship. They were jumping and shouting and screaming and crying tears of joy. And then you had all of these evil, disgusting politicians uh, all the way from the senile so-called president down to members of Congress and beyond and these vapid Hollywood celebrities celebrating the fact that a man may be going to jail for the rest of his life, what is there to celebrate? No matter what you believe was right or wrong in this case, and no matter how you would have liked to have personally seen this, this verdict play out, how can you be so excited that a man may be going to jail forever that you are putting it out and preening on social media? That is sick, Sam. I mean, I said this yesterday. On, on an interview that I gave uh, about this case, it's all sad. I didn't jump up and cheer and shout and exclaim uh, joyously when George Floyd died. That was sad. It was unfortunate. It was also unfortunate that he had lived uh, the life of a petty criminal and that he showed up 
with enough drugs in his system to kill a rhinoceros, and that he resisted arrest. And if you do all of these things that invite the police uh, to pay you a visit, accidents can happen. And this was an accident. Uh, obviously, Derek Chauvin didn't set out to, to murder this man. And he should have been, honestly, charges should have never been filed. And, and if the races had been reversed, charges would not have been filed. Uh, no, why do I say that? Well, I, I'll give you a very recent example that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that if the races had been reversed, charges would have not have been filed. This wouldn't have even been a local news story. Uh, and you, of course, just have to go as recently as January 6th at the Capitol, where you had Ashley Babbitt, this unarmed, young, small, white woman, Certainly doing things she shouldn't do. You shouldn't break down a window and try to hold crawl on, hold on, hold it, on. You know? In addition, though, she's a veteran, though, and we know sometimes veterans, you know, um, things don't go well when they're serving their country. Uh, and, and so not only was she all those things, but she was a veteran, I believe, deserving a little bit of an extra respect in the past if you want to go there. Well, of course, you know, the officer who assassinated her couldn't have known that, I guess, at the time. But that, that, that certainly is true. But the, the, what we do know is that she was unarmed. He said, well, he couldn't have known she was unarmed. Well, it doesn't matter. She wasn't brandishing a weapon. You never know if they're armed or unarmed unless they're, you know, flashing their piece. But just because she was coming through the window, you're telling me a, a man, a police officer, couldn't have stopped her? Uh, couldn't have physically detained her without shooting her in the neck at point-blank range? Well, that happened. And if it hadn't happened in the context of the uh, actions at the Capitol, you, you would have never heard about it. They, 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 you barely heard about it at all. If it hadn't been captured on, uh, uh, on, on, on your phone camera, uh, on something that was being um, you know, heavily covered by the media at the time, you wouldn't have heard about it. But anyway, you st charges were not filed in that situation. Charges were not filed. You still don't know the name of the officer. We just know that that particular Capitol Police officer was black. Now, reverse the races in that in light of what we saw. No, let me, let me stop Chauvin you there, though. And that's why I say, though, that we don't – this guy didn't know that when he shot her. I understand that. Neither do we know the details oftentimes when somebody gets shot uh, relating to the police. We don't have their background. We don't have their history. We don't have hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, what we do have, though, is in Chauvin's situation. He was dealing with a criminal. All right? Floyd was a criminal. Um, yep. This other lady, though, you know what? Not counting this capital discussion – we don't have uh, criminal activity. In fact, we have service to their country. So in hindsight, we can look at that and say, you just dismissed that and say the cop had every right. But yet the other one, hey, the cop is a murderer. There you okay, go. The, the, the duplicitousness, the double standard is beyond imagination. This idea that George, life, or George Floyd sacrificed his life, this idea that we're going to take to the streets, this idea that we're going to celebrate a man going to prison, this idea that we're going to literally say, hey, justice is not done. There's been, not been near enough accountability. This idea where you literally have government elected officials saying, we don't care about the law or the jury verdict. We don't care. Okay, this points to a narrative of lawlessness, James. Uh, yes, it does. And so you didn't have the officer's name released. Imagine if it had been a Black Lives Matter insurrectionist going through a window and a white cop shoots a point blank in, in the neck. Do you think you would have heard about that a little bit more? Do you think charges would have been filed? Do you think it would have been the biggest story in, in America uh, for, for, for at least a year as the George Floyd thing? And make no mistake about it. The, it's sickening to celebrate this, to celebrate this man being offered up as a human sacrifice to appease Black Lives Matter. 
But imagine the pressure. Now, we don't know anything about the jury either. All 12 of them could have come in with a rabid hatred for Derek Chauvin, and they were just waiting for their opportunity, regardless of the facts, regardless of the case, regardless of what was presented in court. They could have all just been waiting uh, to stick it to him. Or there could have been some people on the uh, on the jury that said, you know, I know this is over the top. I know that this isn't a just punishment. I, I know that he shouldn't be found guilty of at least some of these charges, but I know that they'll kill me, uh, that there'll be violence visited upon me. You don't think that these jurors would have been doxxed by this sick, sick, sick media that has ginned up this lynch mob. The media lynched. Well, hold on. Chauvin. In bed with elected officials. Let's be clear. James. Well, that's another thing. Going back to the Capitol, Sam, we talked about this yesterday, too. Man, there's so many facets of this I want to get to. It's difficult. But the the, the, the thing is just a little parenthetical departure. The, uh, the situation with Maxine Waters. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know we mean business. Context is very important here. The media went balls to the wall of uh, saying Trump incited the insurrection at the Capitol. We can, Not we only did they go extreme on it, but they took it, they took it to the trial in they the House for him. impeachment for the sitting president. They impeached him on false narrative light items that have been flat-out proven lies. James Edwards, Sam Bushman, Liberty Roundtable Live. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000 for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
All right, James Edwards, take it away, my brother. <laughs> so, uh, again, we're talking about just how disgusting it has been to watch uh, celebrities, politicians, and, of course, the assin- uh, assembled rabble celebrate this thing as if they've won a championship. It's all sad. It's all we wish none of it had occurred. But to celebrate that, you can say solemnly justice was served if you believe that. But to, to get up and down and hoop and holler, and, and, that, and that's what this was. It was appeasement of the mob. Uh, and we know that you have seen, as a result of this very case, going back to last May, you saw an entire year of unabated, uninterrupted, looting, arson, rioting, that caused violence Billions of dollars. Violence. People died. A hell of a lot more people died uh, over the course of these BLM riots as a result of uh, the media's treatment of, of, of what happened uh, than certainly at the Capitol or anywhere else. And uh, billions of dollars of damage. And that was a pretty stark precedent. I mean, the jury had to have known uh, that if they didn't give the mob what they wanted, which was the sacrifice, uh, that they would uh, that they would do it again and probably do it worse, and they certainly wouldn't be reined in because they were they were not reined in last year, and so you had to offer this man's life to appease the mob. But of course, it never appeases the mob. Any parent knows that you cannot coddle an insolent child, and only uh, while it may calm them down in that very moment, it only guarantees future tantrums and bad behavior going forward. So, uh, but again, Maxine Waters. So she goes in the middle of this group. It says we've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know that we mean business. Now, if you can, if you're the media and you want to pretend that what Donald Trump said led to uh, the people who were trespassing uh, in the Capitol that day, and we're not going to call it an insurrection, and we're not going to call it treason. I mean, you had some all different people. You had curious observers going in, wandering in, uh, people putting their feet up on a desk. <laughs> I mean, that's nothing compared to a garden variety BLM riot, but yet the media wants to treat that as like the, the greatest terrorist act with those people milling around in the Capitol on January 6th, the greatest terrorist act since 9-11 or whatever ridiculousness uh, they were pushing. But the context uh, matters here. Donald Trump, what he said, okay, let's just pervert it and pretend, let's squint uh, and pretend that that caused in some way uh, the people going inside the Capitol. Uh, Donald Trump said that to a group of people who have no history of violence. Uh, there was no violence at any Donald Trump rally over the course of the last five years, going back to when he announced his candidacy back in, in fact, 2016. This is the guy that came down the escalator and started talking about law and order and did so his whole presidency. Let's be very clear. Exactly right. And and uh, the only violence that you ever saw at a Donald Trump event was the violence visited upon his supporters by Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists. So the context matters. You've never had any, any sort of of illegalities coming from Trump supporters at any of his rallies when he used this rhetoric for years and years and years. Uh, Now, on the other hand, Maxine Waters is in the middle of a group of people who are exclusively known for violent protests, for destruction of property, for uh, uh, these are the types of people that she was there with that if they had not, and I would be surprised if most of them had not already been engaged in riotous behavior in the past, but they certainly are cut from the same cloth as the people who have. And when you tell people like that, who are known 
The only thing they're known for is destruction, anarchy, looting, burning down police stations, uh, claiming square blocks of city centers like Portland and Seattle uh, as their sovereign territory. When you say we've got to get more confrontational, uh, we've got to let them know we mean business. Well, what more are they supposed to do, I wonder? What more could they do? Um, I, I don't know, but saying those words to that group of people is a hell of a lot different than Donald Trump saying what he said to a group of people who had never, up until that point, even gotten a parking ticket. So, um, and, and, and she was, there was a, a move to censure her, Sam, uh, but of course it failed because the Democrats control... Um, Right, control uh, problem, the, the House, 216 to I 210. The I get that the Democrats control the House. I get that the Republicans failed on their initiatives. They had a lot of rhetoric when they weren't in office. When they got power, they jettisoned it uh, in a heartbeat, as they always do. I get all that. And I get that the media is with the Democrats, and so it's very hard to get a word in edgewise. I get all that. I understand that Republicans are a little bit scared of their own shadow. I get that. They all want to stay elected. I get that. Okay, I can go on and on and on and on of the justifications for whatever. However, here's my problem with this. How many conservatives, how many constitutionalists, how many Trump supporters, how many rule of law people, what, what, what other group can I bring in here? Um, how many of us can stand up boldly and say, look, they've got a communist agenda they're pushing. This Chauvin scenario uh, is being used against the people to push for greater communist style tyranny in America. The divide and conquer tactic on steroids in the media and with our elected officials. Nancy Pelosi literally thanks George for sacrificing his life as if it was some kind of a willing act on the on the righteous cause of of jettisoning police. They're literally taking to the streets like a third world country. Michael Moore, Acacio Cortez, actors and actresses and and elected officials are literally linking arms saying hey we didn't have justice here we got to go after everybody we got to go after james edwards why well because he went to a trump rally one day and later trump rallies they went crazy and ballistic trump and donald i'm sorry and james are terrorists and sam knows them both and guilt by association and you know what we got to have justice we got to have and, and they go on celebrating this Looking at this saying, we got to call an end to all policing as we know it, says Michael Moore. Reverend Al Sharpton react to the verdict and his comment, the war and the fight is not over. Okay, they're fixing to ratchet up, people, this narrative. Okay, oh, yeah, this well, is the problem. Because but here's the question. Who in the conservative circles is calling this out like I am, James? Well, nobody. Well, that's what I'm saying. You've got to have people of backbone in Congress that are doing the work that we're doing here at the Widow's Might uh, Radio Network, as we uh, jokingly call it. I mean, we're doing great work here. It needs to be amplified, and there needs to be other people that at least have the courage. Tucker Carlson will nibble around the edges, and he does more than most. And, and he said some things uh, last night that I agree with. But you're so right. I mean, it's uh, liberals like Nancy Pelosi are casting George Floyd as Jesus Christ in their new religion. I mean, uh, his death, along with the guilty verdict, has now redeemed this American system of which they are part and their, and their perverted thinking. And uh, as we said, if you cave into the demands of insolent children, which we'll call, uh, that's what we'll, we'll let Black Lives Matter and the people who riot 
uh, and put pressure on the system to deliver to them what they want or else they're going to behave badly. You coddle these people. Uh, it's going to guarantee more. And do they ever say, wow, wow, we were wrong. See, you know, it, it, the system. No, they don't. They don't pause for a moment to reflect or give thanks. I mean, they're celebrating the fact that this guy's, you know, going away now, but they don't give a moment's uh, thought of of what they just were able to do uh, under very nefarious circumstances. No, they move on to the very next complaint. Uh, there, there's no pause. There is no redemption. And it immediately goes on to, well, yeah, you know, the court got it right here, but nothing's changed. This is still a systemically racist system, and the courts are still racist against blacks, and police are still racist against blacks, and even though the statistics don't flesh that out at all, if you look at uh, cops who have shot blacks versus whites, I mean, it's more whites, and even when you factor in percentage of the population, none of it holds up to actual data or scrutiny. Um, it's just they're, they're howling, the howling of a lynch mob. And this was a, 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 uh, a show trial that resulted in, um, in, in a lynching. But they don't stop. They don't stop. It's on to the next thing. Nothing's changed. On to the next gripe. And they keep going and going and going. And it's just there's got to be some discipline. There's got to be some law. You cannot allow a mob. You know, those, all of those people should have been arrested for the, for the crimes that they committed over the course of the last year uh, with, with their riotous, disgusting third world behavior. None of them were. And if they were mistakenly arrested, you had a celebrity ready to, to bail them out. They were, they were given safe cover by the media, uh, by the government. Trump didn't do nearly enough to go after them. Uh, the big mistake last year. You can't allow people to go out and destroy cities, sack police stations, burn out police stations, do all the things we saw them do, and then under threat of that, pass verdicts that you think will appease them in order to make it stop. That, 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 that is not how, I, I don't even know, a third world may be too kind. I don't, I don't even know if third worlds uh, are that far gone. It's hard to know how to even respond to this, ladies and gentlemen, because it's a new, I don't know how to say it. It's a new stage that we're experiencing in America, okay, as we you know, roll down to a third world status. Okay. My headline for this, James, is this. Communist Redrick ratchets up. The next stage of rage takes center stage. That's my headline for this. Because out of the show well, of a... conviction, the only thing I see is the following. Uh, forget the media. Forget the politicians. Forget the celebrities. Forget the... Um, all the back and forth, forget the convictions, forget, strip everything. And I come down to communist rhetoric ratchets up. The stage of rage takes center stage. What's next? Well, this Violence? Is, this is going to encourage them. Sam, it, this will encourage them. They're saying, wow, we put enough pressure, we can get whatever verdicts we want now. Uh, this will only encourage that they continue to do this. Why would they stop when it's been proven effective? But there's going to be hell to pay for this. I mean, right now, even we, I guess, to an extent, are only looking at this from the perspective of Floyd and Chauvin. Uh, but there, I, it will be very interesting to see going forward what effect this has on the police, why on earth would anyone be stupid enough to want to be a white police officer in Joe Biden's America? The corporate media and its lynch mob are literally out to get you. And 
Will this cause more pulling back of uh, policing in minority neighborhoods that, that have a preponderance of crime? And, and if so, you will see what we've already see, seen trending over the course of the last year, more violence, more gunfire, more deaths, more murders, black on black, by the way. Uh, because what police in their right mind would want to go in and in, insert themselves into a situation where a non-white is committing a crime. And, and I'm sorry that we have to make race a factor in this because it was because of race at all that we knew this story. If the races had been reversed or if it had been two whites or two blacks, you would have never heard about this story. I don't even think charges would have been filed. Uh, but uh, So we have to talk about race because that's the whole reason we know about this case. Why would you, as a police officer, go into a situation like that? I think, uh, increasingly, they're just not going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to know how to even respond to this. Let's take a quick pause. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. We're, we haven't begun to finish breaking this down. Sam Bushman, James Edwards. ThePoliticalCesspool.org. That's ThePoliticalCesspool.org. Every Saturday night, check it out live and on demand anytime you like. Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com. We the people must engage peacefully in solutions. God, family, and country is where it's at. Restore the republic peacefully, ladies and gentlemen. But you got to start by jettisoning this communist divide that's going to conquer us all if we don't peacefully stand up now. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. Our goal, always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio. James Edwards with me, two-hour special broadcast james edwards well-known author political talk show host and personal dear friend i might add the political cesspool.org is his website for live and on-demand radio at your fingertips plus incredible articles and commentary on all things race politics and hypocrisy in the 21st century uh, james does a great job personal dear friend love to have him on the radio with me last hour we broke down jury pronounces Derek Chauvin guilty on all charges. We'll get into that in a minute because I want to discuss what does all charges mean. I believe they stack the charges to guarantee a conviction, but I don't understand how you're, it's third degree, second degree, and manslaughter, and I don't, I don't understand. Don't they overlap? How do you say they're guilty of all? It's kind of like I'm saying, you know, you're guilty of eating too much. Uh, you're guilty of imbibing too much. You're uh, uh, guilty of swallowing too many things. You're guilty of overeating. You're guilty of, and I just kind of play games and ratchet, ratchet, ratchet this thing up, acting as if they're separate charges. But in reality, if you're guilty of what? Secondary murder? Are you guilty of third degree murder too and manslaughter too? Uh, what I mean is you can slice and dice the terms and the, uh, but at some point you're grasping at straws. At some point you're throwing spaghetti on the wall, as we like to say, and see what sticks kind of a thing. And we'll get into that. But Nancy Pelosi, Acacia Cortez, 
Michael Moore, other Hollywood scenarios, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Reverend Alan Jack, or not Al- Alan Jackson, I'm sorry, Al Sharpton. Um, I was thinking of Reverend Jackson too, but this is Sharpton. All literally reacting in very interesting ways, basically saying, hey, this still isn't justice. We haven't seen enough. We got to basically jettison policing as we know it. The war and the fight is not over. Everything they're saying is ratchet up to the next level, ladies and gentlemen. They're not saying, you know what, we're so sorry this happened. You know, thank God that there's justice. We could disagree on that. But, you know, do, do they have a humble attitude of, I'm so sorry this happened. This is horrible for everybody involved. This is horrible for the nation. I hope now we can have some healing. Um, you know, uh, later we might have some discussions about greater police reform. And, you know, are they going like that? No, they're literally waving the flag of we have conquered. We smell blood in the water and we're moving to the next stage. So here's my headline. I repeated it last hour, but I want to say it again. And then I want to ask James Edwards a question. Hopefully I've set the stage for this hour well enough. Reverend Al Sharpton reacts to the verdict. The war and the fight is not over. Protesters already taking to the streets, but Michael Moore and Hollywood celebrating and saying, we got to have the end of the policing as we know it. You got Nancy Pelosi literally saying, thank this guy for sacrificing his life. You kind of wonder if others will get in the game and do suicide by cop and sacrifice their own lives in the, quote, next stage. So here's the statement and then the question. Sam Bushman, communist rhetoric ratchets up. The next stage of rage takes center stage. What's next? James? Obviously, more of the same, Sam. We talked about this in the last hour. They are only only going to become more aggressive with their demands and more emboldened that they will be able to get their way no matter what the evidence, no matter what the facts, no matter what reason and common sense dictates. Uh, they can put enough pressure. And this is what happens when you don't have any sort of... Um, Law enforcement uh, and the the laws are not applied to certain communities based upon political correctness and the narrative and racial dynamics. If you can go out, I mean, imagine, Sam, we would never do this because you were listing the the qualities that uh, typical conservatives or Trump supporters in the context of what he said at the Capitol versus what Maxine Waters said this week. Um, Tax-paying, God-fearing, hard-working family people. We would never go out and engage in any sort of illegal activity because we we love our families and we need to be here to provide for them. Uh, but uh, if we did, you can imagine if if me and you took to the streets, Sam, and we started burning down Apple stores, uh, like the Apple the the, the software store. Um, the iPhone store, if we started doing any of the things that we've seen everybody else do, do you think we'd get coddled? Do you think we'd get congressional and judicial concessions? Do you think uh, we'd be held as uh, heroes? I mean, the riot is the voice of the unheard. No, the laws would be enforced in that case as they should be. Uh, But what's going to happen? What's coming next? More of the same, and it's only going to get worse, and that's what happens when you don't have discipline. And that's what happens when you allow people to get away with it. They're going to take more and more and more. And we, we even saw it. I was watching again Fox News for a few minutes after I went to do a, an interview, or rather before I went to, t- uh, to do an interview last night about this. Uh, immediately after the, the judges, um, the judge read the verdict, they went back down to the streets where they had their street reporters on Fox, their correspondents. And of course, that's when we heard that everybody was celebrating like 
you know, the Lakers just won the uh, NBA championship or whatever. But they asked one of the people, a point blank, they said, you know, what's your reaction to this? How do you feel about this verdict? And and this this thug, I mean, he'd have to be a thug in, to answer it this way, said, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go have a beer and celebrate now instead of jacking up the streets. In other words, he was there to do exactly what we figured he was there to do. He was there to engage in lawlessness and to engage in anarchy if he didn't get his way. And he said, matter of fact, point blank, uh, to the reporter, I'm going to go have a beer now instead of instead of jacking up the streets. You know, what does jacking up the streets mean? Well, I don't think you have to have too much of an imagination to, uh, to, to figure that one out. And that's why... Um, those people so immediately assembled outside of the courthouse. And, of course, it's easy to do that when you don't have to work for a living. But uh, there they were. I mean, within minutes of it beginning to hit the wires that a verdict had been reached, still about an hour, an hour and a half before the verdict was actually read, there they were. They were there. They just spawned up out of the ground, apparently, Sam. And they were ready to burn down uh, Minneapolis. And you would have seen widespread riots in the cities across the country. And if you don't think that that factored heavily into the verdict, I think you're wrong. It's a sad tale to tell, but here's the problem. I mean, I appreciate that this um, issue is supposedly over, but I don't think it's over because I don't think it's even about Chauvin. All right? I think it's about their divide agenda. I think it's about their intentions, right? And so what I mean by that is what's the next case? Who's the next name? How long will it be until a shooting yep. happens or a whatever? You're and, killing it. Okay, then it'll be another name, another game, another scenario, but same rhetoric, same agenda, same right it's, in the streets, get rid of the cops, da-da-da-da-da-da, same communist playbook, page two, chapter two, chapter it, it, three, it, chapter four, and every time, hold on, every time it gets more bold and more in your face and more violent and more ratcheted up rhetoric and more and more and more and uh, uh, inciting of violence and every time it gets faster harder more when will it stop okay it's not going to stop because the conservatives just go oh golly that's too bad i don't agree with the verdict i'll go back to my soccer game i better go back to work now i i better um buy myself a nicer kitchen in my house because and and none of us take it seriously enough to do any good. We'll elect the same bureaucrats and professional do-gooders that have done it again, who will do it more. Okay, We don't change the game, people. And therefore, you keep doing what you've always done, James, you're going to get what you've always got. Yes, exactly. And Sam, I, I was, yes, of course, uh, excited to interject there because you're just, you're, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. Uh, it had nothing to do with Floyd and Chauvin. I mean, they were just... Um, they were just placeholders in the narrative in, in this case. It has nothing to do with them personally. And th when the next case comes, or whatever case comes, where you have, uh, it could be another situation like this, where you have a career petty criminal, street criminal, uh, who is resisting arrest, who is loaded up. And whenever there is another accident, let me put it this way, and the races fit the media's narrative, you got to have the right uh, perpetrator and you got to have the right uh, uh police officer you got to have the right victim you got to you know it's all got to line up just right for the narrative but when that happens again they will follow this uh 
to the playbook. They will follow this playbook. They won't say, well, yeah, we got this verdict, and you know that shows that the system works. I mean, it, it shows to me that the system doesn't work, but if, if, if they're not saying that. They're saying nothing's changed, and it's on to the next one, and, and, and that's it. And if the system worked, you wouldn't have the city of Minneapolis and surrounding areas preemptively boarding up uh, stores uh, and government buildings because – uh, they were fearful of the mob. They know they're dealing with a lawless horde, which doesn't accept reason or logic. That's the, the nature of a mob. If the system worked, you wouldn't have to board up buildings in advance of um, of, of a court decision. Um, that that that's mob rule. That you you should have a, a a normal police presence that is able to to police a city and keep a city safe and keep property safe. But you don't have that because. You can't enforce the laws against these people. Uh, they don't like it uh, when it's enforced. The media gives them cover, and the media is out to get the cops who enforce the law in these situations. And if uh, you can't enforce the law, that shows that the system is broken. And they haven't been enforcing the laws. They didn't enforce the laws for a year. They would have allowed them to, to riot and burn un, uh, cities unimpeded last night if the verdict had gone the other way. And it will continue, Sam, to answer your question until they make it stop. And you make it stop by hard arrests, hard times, and letting cops do their jobs in in situations of riot i i'm old enough to remember if you were rioting if you were engaged in an actual riot uh there could be lethal punishment for that where you stood that's used that used to be how you put down a riot now you just coddle them all right let's stuff. let's get into this in more detail ladies and gentlemen people are trying to do something but if they're not backed by americans it's going to be trouble we'll talk about it sam bushman james edwards The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Being there with your child and being there for your child are two completely different things. One denotes a simple presence, which is a start, but can also be accomplished by someone other than you. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? See, that sheep did a fine job of being there with the child, but it didn't do a very good job of being there for the child. Now listen to the difference an involved parent can make. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? I'm not very good at algebra, but do you have any English questions? Because I done real good in English. <laughs> oh, Mom. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, so the algebra problem didn't get solved, but something better happened. Mom was there for her child, and when you're really there, they'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, California. I will bring action against vaccine waters for inciting violence if Speaker Pelosi doesn't act against this dangerous rhetoric. I will bring action this week. So he's threatening to bring action against Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi. Maxine for inciting violence. Nancy for dangerous rhetoric. Um, the sad part is, I believe in free speech, James. And there's a fine line between speech and action. And they want you to believe that Donald Trump crossed it into insurrection territory. But I submit to you that he didn't. But I do believe you have your right to free speech, but I don't believe it knows no bounds. Okay, when you literally go into the middle of a mob and you literally ratchet up rhetoric that would incite violence while a court case is in process or while a, a jury trial is in process, that's a whole lot different. When you are Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and you say, hey, her rhetoric's fine. Her actions are fine. I see no problem here, no harm, no foul. She means it in the spirit of, you know, just making all things fair. The ends justify the means kind of a thing. Don't worry. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the 60s. They just want justice and fairness and, and equity and equality. And okay. We have gone to a new level. There is a fine line, though. I don't believe you have unlimited free speech. But I'm having a little bit of a hard time with McCarthy. What kind of action would Kevin take uh, is the question. And what will that well, do if we... If we have this situation that chills the cops and no one wants to be a cop anymore and cops start resigning left and right because they're like, hey, why would I take this on? And then if you have free speech to where we chill free speech enough, where, where do we end up? There's no good answers when the people are immoral. But where, where do we end up with this? I have a hard time agreeing with McCarthy, even though I, I understand and agree with the point. I think she's gone too far. But where's that line and how do we teach people to understand it, sir? Yeah, that, this is a, a tricky question, Sam, because in a healthy, decent, God-fearing, law-abiding society, uh, we would be able to hang our hat on our principles. And it's, it's a good thing to be able to do that. It's the right thing to be able to do that. And, and so what I mean by, by our principles is we don't want to have a double standard with regard to how we react to uh, the way the media went after Donald Trump versus Maxine Waters. Because neither of them gave a direct call for violence. I do think that obviously the context was different because Maxine Waters made these uh, comments in the middle of a mob uh, who, uh, whose, whose adherents had, had been known for this over the course of a year. And uh, when you're telling Black Lives Matter we got to get more confrontational, that can only really mean one thing. There's not really two ways to see that. Uh, you would have to twist, uh, you do a little mental gymnastics in order to to convince yourself that that what Trump said caused uh, lawless action. Uh, but yes, at the same time, if, if we believe Trump 
shouldn't have gotten the treatment. It's, you know, even though Maxine's is a little more in your face, you got to say, well, free speech. The only problem is, Sam, is that our enemies, those who really seek our imprisonment and uh, our death, really, uh, if you, if you want to be honest, they never bother themselves with principles. Uh, hey, Donald Trump deserves to go to prison and be impeached for what he said. Uh, Maxine Waters is uh, completely off the hook. That, that's their principle. Their principles are take what you can and give nothing back. Their principles are might makes right. Our people, are we're going to give immunity to the people we hate. Uh, we're going to apply a different set of standards. That's their principle. And it's uh, very difficult for conservatives to win uh, on a playing field that is that unlevel. We go in thinking law and order principles. Uh, they go in thinking whatever they can do to destroy us. And that is why I think the left has run roughshod over conservatives uh, for several generations now, <laughs> really maybe since the founding of the republic, uh, is because we have this sense of law and order and fair play that they do not have. They do not have it. They are not interested in it. And that's why we always lose. Now, with regards to Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, it's easy for Kevin McCarthy to do this because it's all in vain. It's not going to go anywhere, and he knows it's not going to go anywhere because the Republicans don't uh, control the White House, the Senate, or the or the House. So he can do something like this um, for vanity's sake, uh, and it's just going it's, it's, it's to lose. Uh, just like the vote to censure uh, Maxine Waters lost, 216 to 210. Uh, if you don't have any power, you can say whatever you want to, and it's not going to go anywhere. If the Republicans actually had the ability to do something with Waters and he pushed this, I would be a little more surprised. It's easy to push it when you know it's not going to go. All right, so here's my take on all this. I'm going to double down, and I'm going to defend Maxine Waters, and I'm going to defend Nancy Pelosi in their right to say what they think and believe and want to say. So I don't agree with them at all. I'm a, a gazillion percent in disagreement with their comments. However, I will defend their right to say it. Now, you could say, Sam, but they've gone too far. I know. I agree. But I will also say, though, that, I, you know what? We need to see a pattern. You would say, well, with Nancy we, or with uh, Maxine, we have a pattern. Uh, I know. But not a pattern that crosses the line. She's committed no violent acts. You can debate and say, well, she was telling me that we need to really step it up and hold the police accountable. Uh, we really need to step it up and confront these people and let them know that it's not acceptable for cops to kill people. You know what? That's acceptable. So the problem with speech is when you take that and suggest that action relates to speech, you've created a quantum leap. And let me give you a comparison. I am not responsible for Adam's transgression. I didn't eat the apple. To make it very simple. And therefore, I'm not accountable for that. I'm responsible for my own sins and my own life and my own. Okay, same thing's true here. If somebody commits an act of violence, they need to be criminally prosecuted. If somebody uh, destroys property or does this or that, or okay, same. Uh, you know, you should be able to say what you want to say. So I'm going to defend Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi in their right to say what they want. Because remember, the First Amendment's a double-edged sword so quickly your head will spin. And I'm not going to defend Trump to say what he wants to say and then attack these guys and say, wait a minute, they can't say that. They've gone too far. Because both sides would claim both sides went too far. I personally would agree. Civility, which I stand for, would call for a kind of a ratcheting back, a dialing down of the rhetoric, uh, an effort to say, let's try to, um, you know what, agree to disagree agreeably. And I'm going to give you a, a, an example to prove the point. I've got a good buddy of mine. His name is Cliff Kincaid. I've known him forever. He used to be involved with accuracy and media with Reed Irvine and everything years and years and years ago. 
I've helped him with his talk show as a talk show host for years in the past. I've had him on. We're good friends. I love the guy dearly. He normally speaks out against vaccines, and he's done a lot of research against vaccines, and he's held literally events against vaccines and everything. He believes that Donald Trump's fast and furious, I'm sorry, that Donald Trump's um, Operation Warp Speed on vaccines, he believes that to be legitimate, and he believes that the vaccine uh, for the COVID is necessary. And he believes that for the most part, vaccines aren't good. He believes people should have a choice relating to vaccines, but he really believes this vaccine is important. So he spoke out in defense of and promotion of these vaccines. Now, I could not disagree with Cliff Kincaid more. I don't think he's right. I think it's a very concerning uh, development that he believes in him so strongly because I think he's got a lot of good influence. His research is stellar, Um, but I think he's wrong on this one. Well, here's the point. He emailed out and said, everybody's attacking me because of my pro stance along with Trump on vaccines. And people are saying that he's joined the dark side. People are saying that he's an enemy of liberty. People are putting threats on his life. People are uh, literally going, you've now joined the deep state. Who's paying you off? I mean, they've made all kinds of, in my opinion, dishonest, unfair accusations. Okay, Cliff Kincaid's been in the liberty movement for a long time. I've been in it 25 plus years, and he was there when I got here. So the guy's been around, and he's got stellar research um, skills. He's a great guy. Now, why do I tell you this? Well, number one, I couldn't disagree with him more. But I can still defend his right to research and come to the conclusions that he's come to and defend him. In fact, I'm going to defend him so much that we're going to do a two-hour broadcast on Saturday. And the premise is we can agree to disagree agreeably and still have respect for one another and still have civility about us. We can make our points politely, respectfully, uh, and then we can let the people decide what they think. Imagine that, James. And so I'm not defending Nancy and and, and Maxine and, and, um, you know, a lot of these people, Ocasio-Cortez and everything else, Michael Moore, Reverend Al Sharpton. I'm not defending all these people because of what they're saying. I completely disagree. But I think they have the right to think and say it and believe it if they want to. And they, I hope, and I know they won't, but I hope they afford the same to me. Now, and that, this is what we thing. really need to understand about America, folks. James? Yeah, I, it's just a shame, Sam, that they will not uh, reciprocate your generosity and your understanding. And that's why there's just going to happen. And then to the American people, of- we got a break coming up, then the American people should politely remove them from the political stage of public opinion and say, you know what, if you're not willing to afford that to others... You're not welcome here, not because we hate you, not because we'll violently remove you, but we'll just dismiss you by the court of public opinion. We need to learn to do that peacefully, ladies and gentlemen. This is America. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has been found guilty of murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd last year, the president of the United States. Nothing can ever bring their brother, their father back. But this can be a giant step forward in the march toward justice in America. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, Alveda King, on Fox News agrees with the commander in chief. I believe here in America with race relations, we are moving forward. I think the verdict 
was appropriate in some ways, but I was so disturbed when I watched with all of America as to what happened to George Floyd. It would have been unpardonable not to do something as far as those actions of Derek Chauvin. We are USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. Insurance giant Geico has announced a data breach for three months this year, exposing customers' personal information to hackers. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. A reported data breach at Geico is putting many customers' driver's license information at risk. A filing with the California Attorney General's office says a security lapse that lasted from January 21st to March 1st left an unspecified number of customers' information exposed to hackers. The insurance company warning the fraudsters could use the information to apply for bogus unemployment benefits in customers' names. GEICO is offering customers a free one-year subscription to the theft protection software Identity Force in response to the hack. Johnson & Johnson will resume its COVID-19 vaccine rollout in Europe, the company announced Tuesday, with adding packaging labels warning of a rare risk of blood clots. Europe's health regulator, the European Medicines Agency, said the vaccine's benefits outweigh the risk of the rare side effect. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean to disrupt James Edwards. I apologize. The commercial breaks come faster than we'd like. There's no doubt about that. Um, You know what? So I'm not really as supportive of bringing action against Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters and everything else. I get their rhetoric is, is, in my opinion, immoral, evil, and sick. But I think through the court of public opinion, we can shame these people politely off the stage we can agree to disagree with them and we can defend their right to say what they want we can also defend our right to say listen we don't want to hear from you people anymore i don't want you elected to office i don't want you to be a commentator in the news we're not we're going to tune out if that's what you do and we can politely peacefully make our views known and we the people need to get that done and do it yesterday but again i'm not going to play games and pick sides i'm going to stand with the supreme law of the land i'm going to defend the first amendment and i'm going to say hey Donald can say what he wants. I can say what I want. You can say what you want. Nancy and Maxine, and they can say what they want. Uh, But we can use our influence, though, to support or reject the views they espouse. And I think that we really need to have civility. So coming up this Saturday... A two-hour broadcast will be me and Cliff Kincaid, who completely disagree, but will do so agreeably. We'll lay out our arguments or make our case points, if you will, in a polite debate-style discussion, and you can decide what you think. How's that, America? What if we did more of that in the media and in the news? I digress. Now, Maxine Waters, though, may have handed, and this is an interesting repercussion of your free speech. You can do this, uh, but you you might violate laws in doing it. 
Okay? You can't yell fire in a crowded theater or whatever, right? Okay? Well, Maxine Waters may have handed Derek Chauvin's team, the defense team, an appeal win in court. Now they might be able to appeal saying, hey, people have been tampering with the juries and everything else. This conviction was wrong. Uh, Look at this. And has she just given him a possible appeal and win, James? I don't think so, but people are speculating this may be the case. I've read that. I've even read some articles where people said it was uh, very significant uh, that the judge would offer up in his verbal decision there that, no, he wasn't going to declare a mistrial, but for the judge to actually go so far as to offer the defense by saying, I believe Maxine Waters has given you a great case for an appeal. They thought that that was noteworthy. However, I just, I'm very jaded as a result of my experience in in the courts. Our courts are criminally corrupt. Um, I would like to believe that there, that justice would be served, and justice wasn't served yesterday. N- not in my opinion, not by any stretch of the imagination. I would like to to think that some good could come of this, and that th- there would be an appeal that would work out in favor of uh, Derek Chauvin. I-, I just think it's wishful thinking. I-, I think the best thing we can hope for is that he gets the minimum sentence of twelve and a half years. Time will tell what's going to happen on this. I know it's so politically charged, though, that even if it does go to the uh, appeal or appellate court, the likelihood of the appellate court taking it is very slim. And even if they do take it, it's very likely to just um, kind of add insult to injury in the court of public opinion uh, in terms of promoting the Black Lives Matter and the um, Antifa and the rhetoric and the riot in the streets. In other words, as we keep these things center stage, Again, the communist rhetoric ratchets up. The next stage of rage takes center stage. Uh, They're just going to keep this in the news, in the news. So um, I'm not really welcoming that either because I think that that's their divide and conquer tactic. And the center Americans get back to business, shoulder to shoulder to live their lives and to defend the freest country on the face of the earth, the better off we'll be. The next headline I find interesting in relation thereto as well says this. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs new anti-riot legislation. The law criminalizes violent or disorderly riots, obstructing roadways, destroying or toppling monuments, very interesting, and harassment in public accommodations. Now listen. It also prohibits state funding to local police departments, or I should say local governments that try to defund their police. So it does a ton of things. Let me kind of go over this again really quick. So it's going to make it illegal to have violent or disorderly riots, obstructing roadways, obstructing or toppling monuments, harassment in public places, also prohibits state funding to local governments that defund the police. Pretty bold move by Ron DeSantis. Is he right? Is he wrong? Is he on the cusp of what's going to happen across the country in red states? Blue states? Oh, yeah. Blue states, not red states? I mean, red states. What? Uh, what's going to happen? This is an interesting stroke of the pen by the Florida governor. James? 
Uh, listen, I'm all for it, 100%. Uh, Ron DeSantis also, of course, as you know, Sam, and as I'm, uh, I'm sure your listeners know, has been one of the most stout about pushing back against uh, the, the, the COVID tyranny and, and opening up Florida and, and doing a lot of great things uh, with regard to his uh, governorship over, uh, over COVID. Uh, the only thing I would say is that everything that he just did, there's already laws on the books to stop people from blocking traffic okay, on an and interstate. That's kind of where I'm going with this, James. Hold on, isn't this stuff already against the law? Yeah, see, I mean, I, look, it's good. It's all well and good to strengthen laws or even add, I guess, more laws. But don't why why aren't the laws on the books already sufficient enough to to stop this? I mean, everything you just mentioned that he's cracking down on, there's already existing laws to uh, to keep that from from happening. Still, I guess you would have to say his heart's in the right place. And as a matter of fact, I just got an email uh, from a listener of the, of the political uh, cesspool who said he's going to be anxious to hear our take on it this Saturday night. And he said that Chauvin's best uh, hope is that he'll be pardoned by President DeSantis in 2025, which I thought was uh, was interesting. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, all of the things that Ron DeSantis has done, and I agree with most of them, uh, and, and definitely have a favorable opinion of him overall, it sets himself up to be, if he wants it, the Republican frontrunner uh, in 2024, of course, depending on what Trump ends up doing. But I think other than I Trump... I can't decide if it'll be Governor Ron DeSantis or if it'll be uh, Southern uh, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. Uh, probably DeSantis. I would say it would probably be DeSantis. I mean, Kristi does some good things, too, but... Uh, I'd say, what if South two governors Dakota, team up and one's VP and one's president? She'll pick. Now, right? then, now that's a ticket that could win. I, I'll, I'll say just this: unless the you, you always got to factor in demographics and uh, all of these illegals that come over. That's a straight ticket uh, voting registration drive for the Democrats. But uh, and it's teetering on a knife's edge. I mean, Texas, Georgia, Florida, all of these states, the Republicans have to win. And they, the Florida went in. Uh, excuse me, uh, Georgia went into the enemy's camp last time, but. Uh, all of these states are teetering on a knife's edge. I mean, just a percentage of the vote or less. But, yeah, I mean, that that's something. I mean, because, you know, the governor of South Dakota isn't too, bad, uh, too hard to look at. And um, she's a woman, so I guess that helps with certain uh, demographics. And then uh, DeSantis, uh, one of the biggest states, one of the prized states, uh, and he has been pretty strong about pushing back against uh, Biden and, and, and the uh, totalitarianism of the of the left. If Trump does not run, uh, I, I think those are your ticket that that could be your ticket. And by the way, at the recent CPAC um, meeting uh, in January uh, or February, whenever it was a couple of months ago in Orlando, uh, they had the CPAC straw poll and your top three finishers were in order. Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis and Christy Noem. So that's interesting. It's still a long way to go until the next presidential election cycle. But as you know, Sam, they start running uh, in that first year. Yeah, the, but it's uh, not too long term. until we have 2022 elections for the House of Representatives kind of a thing. And uh, some of the senators, I mean, you'll replace, what, the whole House and a third of the Senate kind of a thing. And that'll set the stage for what happens in 24. So, yes, it's oh, well, far away, but it's not as far away as you think. No, it's not. I mean, next year is the midterms. I mean, if you can believe it, next November is the midterms. And then... Um, they already are beginning in earnest to 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 consider it, and then after the midterms, you get right back in. I mean, it's a two-year presidential election cycle. Not that I think it should be, but the reality is they've turned it into that, <laughs> and that's not going away anytime soon. By the way, now I um, understand that he signs new anti-riot legislation. 
Um, I don't like the anti-riot term. I don't want to be anti-stuff. I want to be pro-stuff. I'm pro-peace. I'm not really anti-riot, although I guess it's one and the same. But it's kind of how you pitch it in the court of public opinion. Oh, these are the anti-guys now. Um, but when does a uh, peaceful demonstration, when does a protest turn into a riot? And the law criminalizes what they call violent and or disorderly riots. Isn't, aren't those already, like, illegal? Obstructing roadways, <laughs> and they do this all the time, right? Destroying well, the toppling monuments. They've been doing this for literally months in the country. James? It's a staple of Black Lives Matter and Antifa behavior to block streets. I mean, that's just so commonplace now, you don't even consider it being a crime. But, yes, I mean, okay, yeah, again, Sam, you go out there. Uh, me and you'll go out there with the Liberty News Radio audience, and we'll block traffic on you know a major interstate. Let's see how long we last. Buddy, they'll haul us to the clinic in about five seconds, my friend. There you go. All right, now here's the other interesting thing. He talks about it's against harassment in public accommodations. Now that's exactly what Maxine Waters was saying to do: go into restaurants, harass them, don't let them. They're not welcome. Isn't that what she said? All right, hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Black Lives Matter Utah founder. The guy's name is Scott Lack. We need police accountability and transparency. You know what? On some of that, I agree. I'm not going to defend the cops every time. Sometimes the cops are out of control. All right? 
Um, let's be very clear about this. Um, I'm not always on the side of the people. Sometimes the cops are right, but I'm also not always on the side of the cops. I believe that this guy was aggressive. Okay. I agree uh, that he was too aggressive. The guy was already down. He was already handcuffed. He was face down, I might add. I don't know that he needed to hold him there for nine minutes. I think it was over the top and not necessary. Plenty of cops around. The guy couldn't have done anything. He was handcuffed and everything else. So I think that the uh, actions were uh, belligerent. But I think that the uh, claims of murder are belligerent and extreme and overstated as well. Now, you might come back and say, Chauvin, you're not going to be a cop anymore, ever. Uh, You might even say, hey... We believe there was a manslaughter charge here. You were a little bit reckless. I don't agree with that. I'm just saying I can see. All right. But Black Lives Matter, Utah founder Lex Scott, we need police accountability and transparency. I think we need more of that. I think that there is some truth that cops can get radical unnecessarily. They don't think they answered anybody. There is a problem with that. But what we don't need to do is get rid of all the cops and take this communist divide rhetoric. What we need to do is come back and say, hey, We need reform for the cops, no doubt. We need to get the bad apples out of there, no doubt. Chauvin probably shouldn't continue to be a cop, no doubt. But how far do we take this? And let me prove the point with this. They're literally going so far as to say that what? Chauvin is now guilty on all charges. Let me get this right. Second degree murder, third degree murder, and manslaughter, right, James? That's it. Uh, You know the difference in all those? charges. Very negligible. What is second-degree murder and third-degree murder and manslaughter? In my opinion, if you commit second-degree murder, isn't that, like, higher than third-degree? And isn't yes, third-degree yes, higher is. than manslaughter? Yeah, I, that's what I believe. To my uh, All right, so uh, my question is, knowledge. doesn't second-degree murder already then kind of trump or, uh, you know, third-degree murder and manslaughter? It's kind of like, uh, and, and Cameron, a producer, brought this up on the break. He's like, I stole a candy bar from the store. Sam Bushman stole it. And, you know, the problem is Sam stole it, and we're going to get him for stealing it. We're going to get him with a tent to steal uh, the candy bar. We're going to get him with lying about stealing the candy bar. We're going to get him for eating <laughs> the candy bar after he eating a stolen candy bar. Yeah, there now. You don't, don't eat those stolen candy bars. Eating a stolen candy bar, that's a crime, don't you know? Because you, you shouldn't eat those things that are stolen, right? And, and you go around the barn, and you stack these charges to where it becomes insanity. And then, of course, James is guilty because James likes candy bars, don't you, James? See, yeah, I love and, and now bars. guilt by association, buddy, you're a candy bar um, stealing, supporting kind of man. And OK, where do we go with this? And, and all I'm telling you is, in my opinion, I don't I'm not a legal expert, but I know this. If you're guilty of second degree murder, I don't know that I can say you're guilty of third degree murder, too. What about fourth degree murder and fifth degree and sixth? Well, Sam, there's none of those in the law. Well, there ought to be, by golly. We ought to have 99th degree murder. And just, you know, just stick it to him for crying out loud. Make new laws. Let's get 99th degree murder going on. Okay, where does it end? And how do you stack these charges? It's not honest. It's not moral. It's not the rule of law. It's called double jeopardy all at once, quadruple jeopardy all at once. Let's see what stick mode. I reject it, James. The whole idea is anti-American. I agree, and the only sense I could make of it was that they had all of these redundant charges in hopes that they could get the jury to hang him on one, at least the manslaughter charge. 
But yes, if you get convicted of second degree murder, that makes to me the convictions of third degree and manslaughter obsolete. And again, now you had so-called legal experts on Fox News saying that if he got convicted of the of all of the charges, he would go away for life. Whereas if he went away, if he got convicted of just manslaughter, um, it would it would it would be you know a decade or so. However. That's not what Jared Taylor is reporting. Now, Jared Taylor is the Yale-educated uh, uh, graduate, a uh, very smart guy, uh, regular guest of, of mine and a uh, friend of ours. Uh, and he writes in his article, Breaking Down the Verdict, that, and I would trust, honestly, I would trust Jared Taylor more than the, uh, the Fox News so-called experts. Jared writes, under Minnesota law, Mr. Chauvin will be sentenced under only the most serious charge. It carries a maximum sentence of 40 years. And hold on, years. stop, now stop, stop. Stop. I agree that Jared Taylor, from an attorney point of view, is right, but they're throwing out all law in this case. Well, see, now that, that, that's where the plot thickens. They don't care it, about Sam? law, There's the buddy. Rub. They're just going to jettison all that and say, man, the end justify the means. This guy's, I mean, it was a hate crime on steroids, buddy. You've got to just stack those charges, then you've got to push for the most extreme limits you can possibly get. And uh, I mean, and, I appreciate his point, and I don't disagree from a legal point of view, but they're not interested in that. Because well, they've if already they convicted follow, him on all charges without proof. <laughs> if the if, and this is a huge if, because as you just mentioned, uh, laws don't really influence decisions in courts anymore. Imagine uh, that they might. But uh, the, the, the sentence of second-degree murder, now that was the most serious charge. That, the maximum sentence on that one is 40 years. But, so he could do 40 years, but according to state guidelines, a first offense is supposed to get 12 and a half years. So because Derek Chauvin had never committed a crime, he's a first-time offender, he's only supposed to get 12 and a half years. Now, a lot of times people think that judges can just go in and, oh, whatever I'm feeling today, I'm going to hand out this sentence. Judges are supposed to only be able to give you the sentence that is dictated by the law. Judges don't just go in if you don't know how this works or how it's supposed to work. Judges aren't supposed to just go in, I'll give you 40 years, I'll give you 60 years. Well, you today, I'm feeling pretty generous. I'll give you 20 years. No, there, there are there are. Hey, if you give me one of them stolen candy bars, I'm going to make it 10 years. <laughs> I like candy the, the, bars. The, the, the judges are supposed to only be able to give a sentence that matches what the, the state guidelines are. So... If the rule of law is followed, if uh, we know uh, Chauvin is a first-time offender, he's supposed to get 12 and a half years for this. However, as you mentioned, Yeah, Sam, but I'm the, telling the, you right the, now, everybody will riot in the streets and melt the whole country down if you only do 12 years, buddy. You better stick it gonna, to him gonna, or pay. He's going to, Judge Peter Cahill yeah. is going to pass sentence eight weeks from now. So in eight weeks, we'll know. But, yes, the prosecution is already going in for enhancers and... Uh, uh, they're going in for, I, I can't remember the exact uh, terminology they I mean, use. So they're, they're going in for some now, enhancements. James, check this out. Here's the difference on this second degree, third degree stuff. Listen to me carefully. First degree murder is I planned it. I intended it. I did it. It's hardcore in your face, just murder. Second degree murder means the killer didn't really intend. Well, they meant to kill the victim, but they didn't mean to prior to the act. In other words, they didn't plan it and everything else. It is in the middle of it. They intended to, but they didn't really plan it and it wasn't premeditated kind of stuff. Third degree murder is also known as voluntary manslaughter, meaning the act leading to death was voluntary, but the resulting death was not. 
the reckless and intent needed to prove second degree is missing. In other words, this idea that, so it has to do with intent. Did you long-term intend this and plan it? Did you not really plan it, but you intended to kill the victim and you did? Or did you not intend at all? Um, okay. I think the manslaughter charge might make some sense. He didn't really intend to kill anybody. He took action that resulted in a death that he did not intend. That may be true, but that's even in debate and not proven beyond the shadow of a doubt. So see, we're, we're, but if you have a second degree, I don't see how you get third. Because they're contradictory. Yeah, one you, says I intended the, to right. kill him. The other one says I didn't intend to kill him. Which is it, people? Okay. <laughs> and so what well, I mean is we've got a problem very good legally with this, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, James. We've got I'm a problem with this, though, no. because it's contradictory legally speaking. I, I had not dug that deep into it. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to use say. that. Uh, you are. And there is no doubt about this that. This is Liberty I'm Roundtable gonna... <laughs> Think Tank, ladies and gentlemen. I am going to use this on the show because, of course, my co-host is an attorney, so we'll get uh, his opinion on this. But this is uh, this is fascinating to me, Sam. So yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, we know. I think we all know first degree murder is you plan it, you go out, you do it. It's premeditated. So, but it was interesting about second and third degree uh, murder. The uh, distinctions that you just put out there. The second degree means you decided to do it while you're in the middle of the act. Third degree meant you you didn't intend to do it at all. So how can it be guilty of both simultaneously? It's just again, and I'm also going to use your. I didn't eat the apple uh, quip about Adam. <laughs> but, yeah, so how could the jury Amen. say he, he both planned it and didn't plan it? I mean, so it just goes to show. Uh, well, you understand he's white, so you can say that. that. It's all due to racism, don't you know, James? <laughs> you can say anything you want. All leads lead to the, lead to the racism. Well, this, tree, this is, I, I think this, again, it, it gives credence to the fact, uh, my hypothesis, that the jury was so scared and it was an interesting jury. We don't know. There was six whites, four blacks, two people who identified as buyer multiracial. And again, we don't know their politics. Seven women, five men. Impossible. So it was a, it was a, it was a, you know, a, a pretty distinct mix. But you don't, uh, you don't know the politics. But it's hard to believe that uh, the politics didn't influence their decision here. But I think in some of the cases, surely some of the people on that jury would have, would have thought, man, you know, if we don't give him everything we can give him, uh, there's a chance that you know they're going to come burn out my house. And, and they'd be right Sad to think tale, that because but true. we've seen the precedent. And we know they're likely to dox you, too, so don't think that you have anonymity uh, at all. Beware of that as well. Now, James, oh, well, last, you had, headline, you last headline before the end of the hour. You ready? Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council, of all people, wrote an incredible article called A, Boy a Border Boiling Over. And in this column, he proceeds just to say, look, with all this going on, we're just titillated with this. The border leaks like a sieve, letting criminals just run. I mean, we've got sex trafficking, murder, rape, pillage, plunder, illegal activity, mobs, uh, drug cartels, all just literally melting down the border. A border boiling over. While we debate this single case of this single guy that died because he passed a fake he, 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 you know, passed fake money. Um, and then he uh, got in a little tip with the cops. He was on drugs. And he was high and delusionary. And he kind of went crazy. And they held him down too long. And he died. And it's a sad thing. And don't misunderstand me. But you've got the border crisis flat out being ignored right now. Well, this is all going down, buddy. And Tony Perkins calls it out just right. Final thoughts to you, James. Yeah, uh, Tony Perkins has done good work. He's another one that's facing uh, deplatforming and all of the, uh, I mean, God forbid you be a Christian uh, and a conservative. 
but I, I was just going to say with regards to the jury and doxing, I mean, it would have come out if there was even all it took was one. All it took was one to hang that jury or, or get a mistrial or whatever. But not even one of them had the courage to do what I think at least some of them had to know was right. You talk about doxing, though. You know, you don't know the dynamics of the jury. There could have been some BLM supporters on there that, uh, you know, you 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 know who each other are as jurors who 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 could have say it would have been other jurors themselves that would have doxed you uh and um, you know that's a difficult uh, a difficult proposition to know that uh, your very life would be in danger if you didn't give the mob the i've got one answer wanted. james we the people need to repent and pray for our republic buddy i'll tell you that right Amen. now now let's start all right ladies and gentlemen there you have it the two-hour breakdown from sam bushman and james edwards regarding this senseless killing on one hand Intentional or not, debatable. Uh, but this reality check about the legal conundrum therein with the difference between second and third degree murders. Did he intend to do it? Did he not intend to do it? It can't be both now. Uh, maybe I'm not a great legal mind and that's my problem. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. For Sam and James, we declare we the people along with the grace of the Almighty. We can and will restore America, but you got to get involved. LibertyRoundTable.com, ThePoliticalCessPool.org. God save the Republic.